The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. We are continuing with Skype. Steven is back, and we can't be in the same room because you can't be in the same room with anybody. But let's check in with him and see how the world is progressing or declining, as the case may be. We're, uh, is it three weeks? Oh, I, don't, I don't even know. It's hard to say because when we got back from... New Orleans, we went right into quarantine. So yeah, I was the same way when I got off the cruise. Yeah, exactly. So I think, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think this <laughs> is our the end of our third week in quarantine. Yeah. So uh, how are you holding up? What's changed? <laughs> well, I uh, Elliot was on last week, so you and I haven't talked in a couple of weeks. So it's like right. Yeah, there's no gradual change now. This is just right. Yeah, I think it's very much like the same. It's like it's hard. A lot of awesome people are checking in and I'm talking with a lot of people uh, through Instagram and chatting and stuff. And uh, everyone seems to be doing okay. I think people are just kind of getting a little stir crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm seeing more and more people uh, do more and more crafts. It's funny. Um, I'm still busy at work, so. Part of me is kind of jealous about the people that are building these gigantic projects in their house. I'm like, I don't have time to do that. I got yeah. Um, yeah, I would question that with being, you should be glad that you still have a job. You know? Well, I'm very glad I have a job because my wife is furloughed with no pay, so we are now on one income, but uh, no longer commute or eat out. So that's right. That's a I big thing. Uh, Amazon thing. takes a week to ship stuff, so there's so many things. I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't need that. Right. Yeah, you can wait. <laughs> Yeah, it's um. We are certainly living in interesting times. I would say, um, I don't, I don't think a lot of people have gotten how long this is going to be our new normal for. I think yeah. a lot of people think by like summer we'll be back to normal, and it's like six months might be not enough time, you know? Right. Well, we'll never be back to normal. This is a right. this is a nine eleven of change. Yeah, it's it's more passive, like nothing exploded. But we've um, yeah, there's not a single start- event that we watched on TV. It's been unfolding over three months, you know. Yeah, to start the podcast off on a positive note, we've had uh, yeah, I- <laughs> we've had more deaths in the U.S. than we've had at nine eleven. So we're at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it is like a. When we get back to it, I mean, I think we were talking about this last time. There's just a lot of things that will not exist when we come back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nobody knows what. Maybe it's retail. Maybe it's uh, luxury items. Maybe it's vacations. Maybe it's travel. But certain things are going to be gone. Yeah. Um, Hopefully one of those things not being the comic book industry. Yeah, well, that's a big part of the news. Crazy announcements this week. Right, and there's not a lot of news coming out right now. It's like, no. hey, Black Black Widow is coming out in November, and yeah. all of the stuff we were shooting is stopped. Nobody's making a Batman movie right now. There's, right. Uh, there's, 
uh, a lot of stuff. Although, wouldn't it be cool if the Batman movie just switched and did the Contagion storyline? At this point, they might as well. <laughs> you know, it's like there was uh, go right into no man's land. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There was a, a crossover in the mid-90s where, like, an outbreak happened in Gotham City and everybody got these boils and died. Um, I actually have an original page from that storyline. Uh, it's a page from Robin that Michael Ringo oh, drew. Yeah. And that's from the Contagion storyline. Uh, yeah. Because they're finding out that Robin's probably sick and there's, like, a big panel – of Robin of that cave going, hey guys, what's going on? And there's like Jason Todd's like uh, memorial behind him. Um, when I was, this is in the 90s when I was working uh, booth for a retailer and publishing a comic, he bought a stack of original art. And then at the end of the day, he's like, what do you want? I'm like, I want the one with the dead Robins in the back cave and Alfred's there. <laughs> so I, I have that, but That's there awesome. was a whole pandemic story. It's been hitting me how many pandemic storylines there are in science fiction. Oh, yeah. I just watched um, uh, Contagion or mm -hmm. which Outbreak. Outbreak. With, um, That's the one with the monkey and Dustin Hoffman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched. By the way, I made it sound like a totally different movie. <laughs> you know that what? movie with Dustin Hoffman and a monkey? Do they yeah. join the <laughs> oh, everybody gets sick and dies. You're imagining in your head. Yeah, it's like that movie with Bill Murray and the elephant. Right, yeah. SARS? No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, a very, very different film. Um, but you get to see Kevin Spacey die in that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's not all bad. Yeah, I, I've i been watching a ton of Star Trek because of, uh, I've been so into Picard that I've been watching a lot of Next Gen and um, Deep Space Nine. I've been watching some original series. And I realized, like, every fourth episode, the crew gets an unusual alien virus. Oh, sure, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you this, don't notice it until yeah. we're living in it. Right, but this virus turns them all into bugs, and this virus makes them invisible, and this virus makes them make out with Major Kira. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but they all start the first 20 minutes, they're like, I, I, don't, I don't feel so good. And I'm like, oh, I don't need this right now. We skip those episodes. Yeah, but, uh, but the big news story right now is now with uh, – Diamond not sending out new books, what is going to happen to the industry? And it seems like, well, there's no there's no concerted effort because this is America in the 2020s. There's no concerted effort. Right. DC's like, ah, we'll figure out a way to do it. Marvel's like, nah, we're just going to stop. And Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So DC, I guess, that they're still going to do digital books. Um which I think is smart. I think they should still be putting out comics. I don't think we should just stop. Stop content. Yeah, because yeah, all those people can work from home, essentially. And then uh, but then Marvel said that they've they're they're not going to publish anything until this kind of like passes. And it's like, uh, bro, you might not have a comic book company <laughs> when this passes. I understand Disney's probably not going to go out of business, but uh, nor, nor is uh, Time Warner AOL. Right, but at what point do they maybe scuttle these comic books companies that aren't making any money? I understand the characters are worth literally billions of dollars, but it's like, uh, you know, it's just like how many people aren't going to be are going to be permanently out of work? And then like, how do you start them back up? Are they going to pick up stories six months down the road that they left off on? It's like it's another I continuity jump. They'll do right, a crossover yeah, telling you what happened during coronavirus during the pandemic. Yes. Um, but then so but then this past Wednesday, uh, this was the first Wednesday in my lifetime 
Um, I know the days moved around a bit, but the first week in my lifetime where the only book I got that came out was uh, the Batman Adventures, like the animated. Oh, comic. yeah. Did, did you get that digitally? Yeah. Paul Dini did it. The art's okay. It's like, uh, I think it's the guy that did it before. It's like very simple, very cartoony. Yeah, I think so. Um, that was it. That was the only nothing that, from Marvel. And right, I guess Archie's going to still try to publish comics somehow. Well, that was scheduled as digital first. And that's the thing. I mean, I've been grappling with this, and I mentioned it on the show before. It's like, do I need all this paper? It's like I want the con- right. I want the content in a format where I can go back and read it again if I want to. And, yeah. you know, when I travel, which sometimes it's a lot. Right now it's not at all. But, Thankfully. Um, but it's nice to just carry an iPad and be like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's a hundred there's a long box worth of comics in this iPad if I want it. Um, and I go downstairs, you know, if I'm home for more than four days, I start going through my collection and I'm like, yeah, I'll sell this. I'll sell this. I'll sell this. Problem is, who do you sell to now? Like eBay's still going, but I, it seems like people are reticent to buy a cardboard box full of paper and plastic from a guy they don't know right now. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of hesitancy to spend any money on anything. Yeah. Right. With people not knowing how long, like, they'll be able to pay their rent for, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. They're not so. working. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's tricky. I um, yeah, it's really weird. I don't know the last time I read like a single issue comic book, like a physical comic book. Um, all my reading is either online or with omnibuses. Right. And um. I, I do think that might be this might be the death of of the single monthly print comic books. You know, hopefully I'm wrong about that, but I don't understand how any comic book store is still going to be around if they can't be open and can't sell the thing that generates 90 percent of their revenue or 78 percent of their revenue. Um, you know, yeah, and we're seeing month. we're seeing comic stores that were close to the line go under already. There's like Bleeding Cool is already like listing like, OK, this one's gone. This one's gone. This one's gone. Oh, wow. And it's just hard to ima- well, it's just hard to imagine how a niche brick and mortar retail shop is going to be in basically what, what this new world order that we'll have post virus. Yeah. Um, it's and like and there, there is a feeling when I'm home, it's like, oh, I need to get in my car or walk and go to this place to get this thing that conceivably I could click buy instantly on my iPad and have, you know, it's just going to be harder and harder to justify that being a thing. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, a lot of people I think are going to be, obviously the stores themselves are, are uh, struggling, but yeah, I think this idea that we'll, you know, get back to some semblance of normal soon. I don't really see that happening, you know? No, um, it's kind of, it's kind of like, I'm seeing a lot of these fundraisers. Um, people are trying to kick in. Uh, there was this whole story about comics hub. They were going to try to create this arm of comicsology that would give commissions to your local comic book store. And that sounded like it was going to happen for like 24 hours. And then, then it wasn't going to happen. And then some stores were going to do it. As I said, there's no concerted, effort but a lot of those are just kind of they're kind of gofundme for retail they're not sustainable business models right 
and I think that's like until there's some kind of like long term solution to the issue, it's like there's always going to be comic books. I, I think it's like the, yeah. the, that I don't think is going to go anywhere. But whether or not they're going to be physical, you know, Marvel might stop producing, you know, monthly issues, but continue producing like collected editions. But then all the new content maybe just goes online. I, I just think it's like uh, as a former retailer who was already struggling um, with essentially you know like all comic book stores are to some extent um i don't understand how they're how you're gonna sustain being open you know you can do curbside pickup all you want and you can do all these other things but it's like the lifeblood of comic book stores is the is the return weekly customers pulling up or purchasing their pull list every week you're you're basing everything um everything on those numbers and when those customers aren't coming around this will now be three weeks in a row in some places or maybe four weeks in a row, depending on what state you're in. I just don't see how it's like sustainable. It's, it's like, uh, it's truly crazy, you know? Yeah. To see. And everything's going to stop. I mean, uh, it's not just comics that are not right. getting printed and not getting distributed, but we've been talking for the last couple of months. We just had toy fair and we're like, Oh my God, there's going to be all these Marvel legends. We're not going to see half of those in 2020. I'm sure they'll all come out, but right. like, I would not be surprised if Toy Fair next year would be like, hey, here's all the stuff we didn't put out last year because of coronavirus. So uh, right. we're going to put it out now. Yeah. I mean, everything's going to be slow. It's like we were saying about movies. All the movies are stopping production now. Right. Uh, the theaters are closed, so you're starting to see movies that are done show up on streaming or show up on iTunes or like Disney Plus is putting out stuff early like um, – that the new Pixar movie Onward just showed up on Disney Plus. They just put Frozen Two out. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker so came out like a month earlier than it was supposed to. Birds of Prey came out early. But what we're gonna see in seven, eight months, when the world get back to normal, theaters, the theaters that open back up again aren't gonna have anything to show because movies are not gonna be done. Right. Yeah, and I think that it's like kind of like when that writer's strike happened, there's going to be, except to a more drastic degree, is there's going to be a lapse in um, essentially like culture, right? Whereas like yeah. we won't have new TV shows coming out, new seasons of any shows that are scheduled are going to get pushed back, all movie releases are going to get pushed back, and it's going to be, it's going to take time to kind of ramp the economy back up. Um, and you know, the unessential things like movies and television and comic books and these things and toys that that's going to be low, 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 low priority for, um, a lot of folks who I think once people in general get back to work, just having the disposable income to go out and go see a movie or go buy, uh, comic books or action figures or, you know, what have you, I think mm -hmm. is going to be, um, I think it's really going to be a challenge, you know, it's like, I think people have to kind of come to grips with like major retailers closing permanently, you know, what's like, how is Best Buy going to stick around, <laughs> you know, right. it's like, how much money are they losing every single day? Yeah, and they're trying to, they've been really aggressive, I've been getting a lot of emails from them of like, hey, you're stuck inside, maybe you need a TV or a new computer. And, you know, that's been, the, that's been their business model since DVD died of, They've right. been like the big electronic retails, and we're going to need that. But um, maybe they become more of a website than they become a retail presence. Yeah, I think it's more of that as I think these big 
storefronts aren't going to be a thing anymore. Um, you know, movie theater chains, I think, aren't going to make it. You know, it's like, you know, uh, uh, there's gonna, they're going to bail out the airline industries. No, no one's going to bail out AMC theaters. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, AMC theaters, as you said about a comic book retailers, they were already worried. The other thing about entertainment, um, which is is kind of scary in a way, be, uh, is that everybody's doing free shows online now. Everybody. Right. I mean, I put, you know, you and I are still doing this podcast. There are so many new podcasts out. There yeah. are um, so many streaming and web series uh, coming out now of like. Because what's what it's been teaching me is that the urge to perform is stronger than the urge to be entertained. So a lot of my friends that are I have a lot of friends that are in bands or stand up comedians, they're in their living rooms right now with the webcam on. I put out a song a couple weeks ago. Um, I'll probably do more stuff just because because I want to do stuff that gets out there other right. than the, this podcast. Um, and that's also going to eat away at any performer who's like i'm gonna make a million dollars this year with this thing i made right uh, i mean you look at television now the television that's current and daily they're all doing it at home i mean basically stephen colbert um john oliver trevor noah conan o'brien uh samantha b who our good friend mike drucker is the head writer for they're all basically doing youtube shows right you know, they're they're still out there and the work is still great. And, you know, the writer staff are working from home and emailing it in. And it, they're not at the point where they're just also like, hey, guys, what's up? Like um, they're still professional, but they're all home. They're all home with with a phone like the, they didn't bring in network cameras into their home either. They're pretty simple. So what are the networks and the studios going to see when they come back? And Conan O'Brien's like, OK, I'm back in the studio. I need two million dollars this year. Like is, is TBS right. going to be like, nah, just go home and keep doing that. That that yeah. was fine. I do think that's the other thing we're going to see on the other end of this is how many people that kind of control the purse strings of various industries are going to look at this and say, oh, we don't need this massive office space uh, downtown to house all our writers. All our writers can work from home. We don't need these massive sound stages when the show works just fine you know, out of somebody's basement or something. And it's like, um, whoever says they know what the world's going to look like in six months is full of shit. No one knows. I think it's like, all we can do is speculate and imagine what, um, what these things might look like. Cause it's, um, I do think it's just like, uh, how on earth can anything go back to how it was when we've had six or eight months of, um, and that's like, that could be a very optimistic, you know, could be 10 months, 12 months, 18 months, 15 months. Um, you know, I don't, I just don't see how things go back to any kind of like resemblance of normal after this, you know? Right. Yeah. I, and that goes across industries. I mean, we're talking about entertainment, but it's like, if, if you're an accountant and working from home, why would, why would your firm want to pay for that office space? As you said, yeah. um, I was talking to to Bill Monroe, who has always been a proponent of remote work at home. And, um, he's, uh, he's always worked work from home, even before the stroke he had a few years ago. And he sees this part of it as a positive of like, yeah, ev so many people are going to go remote now because right. it's so, it's so much cheaper and you save on the commute. I mean, I was saying this the other day, but I I've been putting in 50, 55 hour weeks. Um, I may have been putting in that time going into the office. Commuting. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and we knew this amount of work was coming, which didn't slow down at all, but it didn't pick up. But the other thing is, like, they know I'm not taking a train for an hour and going home. So it's like, oh, six o'clock? Okay, do this too. Do this too. Right. Because like, they know I'm home. And honestly, it is easier because if they, if I did have downtime, well, I'm home. Right. You know, I can watch TV. I can cook. I can cook a lunch in my stove rather than like right. microwave something or spend ten dollars uh, to go outside. Um, there's a lot like in a lot of ways, this is my dream come true. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I think all the introverts out there are are the people that are handling this really well. And it's the extroverts that are going to have a very hard time with uh, what's going on. Yeah, I want to see the 10 people I like. That's about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what? The podcast is is a big part of it. And I've been seeing everybody's doing like these big group Zoom meetings. Yeah, we did uh, uh, last week. Uh, me, my uh, sister, I mean, Lisa and Tina have been on the show. My brother David's been on the show. And then our two friends, Carla and Joe, uh, we all did like a Zoom breakfast <laughs> where we just like made breakfast and then all jumped on Zoom and, you know, talked for an hour and a half or whatever. Um, and, you yeah. know, I, I we were doing it at work constantly now with Zoom. Um, I think it's like, yeah, I it would have been a three months ago would have been a great time to invest in Zoom. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. In fact, we just dumped. Uh, God, what were we on? We just our my company went over to Zoom just a couple of months ago. Yeah. So we, uh, I forget what we were using before, but it was mostly we were using it for conference calls. We weren't doing that much video, but we we just did that last night. I just. Uh, we had a happy hour with like my aunts and uncles and cousins. And honestly, some of them I haven't seen in a year and a half. Right. You know, and, and, and they're all like people closer together. Yeah. It's like, we're going to do this every week. It's again, it's like, I used to have this dream when I was a kid in school of like, wouldn't it be great if I had a pod, if I had a pod that I could fly like professor X's hover chair and it was completely enclosed and I had like a view screen and I had textbooks on the side, and then I could pull up TV shows, and then I could just fly it from class to class. This was like my fourth grade fantasy. Yeah. Pretty much there now. Yeah, it kind of came true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's great. And like I said, if I need – I can get all the comics I want to. I just bought um, – Comixology always has good sales. I just bought the whole Bill Senkevich run of New Mutants because I'm like, yeah, I've never read this. This is $5. Yeah, uh, I saw they solicited the omnibus, and I'm like, maybe that'll never come out, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, although I did check in stock trades this week. Diamond said they were still going to ship graphic novels. It, it was the periodicals that were going to stop. So I think because things like omnibuses and trades, they take like six, nine months to produce. Okay. So they're sitting in a warehouse, uh, and Amazon buys a lot of those, you know? Oh, sure. Uh, right. So those, those ship heavier retail than comic book stores. So I think that stuff's still coming out. But yeah, there, yeah, there's think like a lot of stuff not going to go to the printers that hasn't yet. Yeah. So um, being home for the last couple of weeks, is there any huge, weird inside project you've started? No, actually, we've. Um, I do keep feeling the pressure to like start something crazy. Um, like but I think. Well, What's I don't know. You just see everybody starting all this stuff. So you're just like, oh, I should do this, too. Um, but I think like work, ha ha luckily for me as well, has continued. So we're we're spending a lot of time trying to transform our video production company 
uh, into something that does more like uh, like essentially editing like Zoom videos, for instance, oh, okay. is like cleaning them up a little bit better, making them more presentable. Um, we, we've you know, we're not filming anything right now. There's nothing coming up that we're filming. So it's like, what can we do on the post end um, that we can still market ourselves as? So there's been a big effort. So I'm essentially still working the 40 hours a week. And then the things we've been doing differently is like, everyone we're eating healthier than we've probably eaten in four years and we're all exercising and we're going for walks and it's like you're not we're, doing we're, any of that i'm eating like crap and i'm not moving oh i'm eating like i'm making salads at home for the first time okay. in my entire life i mean it's we're, like now we're digging through like the back of the pantry because yeah renee's like we got to eat all this stuff that we never eat that i i buy at the supermarket and then no one eats so we've mm. been like digging through the pasta um yeah. I've been drinking beer more. Uh, I yeah. I've been working out about as much as I had, but it's like I don't have the, I don't have the bandwidth. I've been working more hours. Yeah. Um, and I thought this was something I would do. Right. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, I'll get in a really good shape because I'm gonna have less pressure to go to work and be there all day. And I hear of people like you doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I the thing I'm doing the most of is I think is um is like uh, reading and uh, catching up on like shows. Like I did start Picard. Um, yeah, well, uh, that's something I definitely want to get into. Um, before that, I'll uh just on the topic. I actually want to stay on a topic for once. Uh, uh, in terms of weird things, like I said, I've been working a lot and I haven't started it, but I've been getting ideas to do things that will be very time consuming. Yeah. Uh, that the you don't one have the time for that I don't have the time for, which is probably good. Um, the one thing we started doing was color color coordinating all the Legos. So oh. we got we got the bins like I have the action figures stored in like those pull out drawers. Yeah, and we've been doing them by color because we have these piles and piles of bins of Legos, and we can't remake anything because there's just one gigantic pile. Right. So um. That's been like oddly therapeutic because <laughs> I've just been going through the big bins and we've been watching like three or four episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I'm just going uh, gray, brown, red, blue. The depressing part of that is that um, so many – we have so many sets that are like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and um, Marvel. So a lot of blacks and grays. A lot of blacks and grays. It's all. It's like a communist Lego set. <laughs> it's like it's like, and you get gray, and you get gray, and you get yeah. gray. Wow. And I just like I, I had to, I literally had so much that I had to separate the light grays and the dark grays. Yeah, it's like yeah. doing my laundry of Legos. And but I'm almost done with that. The 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 one crazy crazy idea, and this goes into Picard, is um. I brought out all my 90s Playmates Star Trek figures from the basement, and I cleaned up my office. Um, I got rid of a lot of stuff. I moved the old desktop out, and I had all this space, and I was like, oh, I can put the Next Generation Bridge on the desk. And then I have it on display, and then the more I look at it, the more I'm like, maybe I should build the other rooms to the Enterprise. Oh, because they all connect. Well, I had the other play sets. They did uh, they did Next Generation Bridge when the show was on. And then when the first movie came out, they did Engineering, and then they did a Transporter. So I have those three, and then I have a shuttlecraft that I got at Mr. Wayne's. But I'm like, maybe I should build a hangar for the shuttlecraft. And then maybe I should build a holodeck. And maybe they need a <laughs> sick bay. 
And wouldn't it be good if the observation lounge were behind? And maybe I should just build the elevator and I can move it from playset to playset. Um, I haven't done any of this yet, but I found a website. I've been Google searching this for a while. I found this website called uh, Triple Fiction Productions. And they were one of those Star Trek fan film uh, web series. Okay. Where, you know, they got all their friends and they built sets and they wrote new new Star Trek stories and filmed them. And then in the last couple of years, the guy said he got really into 3D printing. So they started 3D printing all the props. So they would make phasers and communicators and tricorders that look just like the show. And then a couple of years ago, he made the switch over to creating like accessories and play sets for the figures. So I talked to this guy for for a while and negotiated um he is 3d printing me the entire next generation movie bridge oh wow um and he had it in parts and he had it on parts on his website and i was like hey how much just for the bridge because he was like this chair costs this and this computer console costs this and this door costs this i'm like give me the bridge so he's that's being shipped to me does he um he he sells it, and you're, you've actually been able to buy it? I bought it, yeah. That's incredible. I, I found his website, and then I found his Facebook page, and I Facebook messaged him. And he made both scales. He made both, like, the um, the Playmate scale in the 90s was, like, a little bigger than Star Wars. They were, like, four and a half inches. But then Diamond, who um, my friends all work for, and, and one of my greatest career highlights was I wrote the packaging on. Those were yeah. like McFarlane sites. They're bigger than Marvel Legends. They're like seven inches. And some of these he's made in both scales. He's like, here's a captain's chair for the diamond one, and here's a captain's chair for the Playmates one. Wow. So I messaged him, and I was like, hey, I want the Enterprise E, which is the movie. First Contact, I'm realizing more and more, is one of my favorite movies ever made. Uh, and they never made a playset to that. They made all the figures, but they never made a playset. And I was like, I've always wanted this playset. How can we make this happen? And he's like, well, he goes, I'm pretty much sold out of all the pieces of the big ones, but I got the little ones. I'm like, fine, let's do the little ones. And then, and then we worked it out. And, uh, I, I, I made the mistake of telling my wife, I was like, I said, do you do discounts if I buy the whole bridge? He's like, yeah, I'll give you 25% off. And I was like, great. And, uh, so I was really excited. And I told my wife, I was like, Hey, he took this amount off. And she's like, <laughs> well, she goes, didn't you tell me? That he took 25% off. I said, yeah, it comes out to this amount. And she goes, so you paid that times three, which is the 75% you still paid. Yeah. She didn't and like I'm that. not, I'm not saying those numbers. <laughs> I'm, right. like, Clearly. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yes, I did. But then I'm still kind of in this frame of mind of like, Hey, I could build a holodeck if I take a post office, priority mailbox and spray paint the inside black and then put like yellow tape in it right it's close enough I haven't done it yet but oh there's a part of me that wants to and yeah. that's why i get jealous when i'm looking on social networking and and these people it's almost like the beginning of ant-man and the wasp yes i think it's very similar to that <laughs> it's like uh he's a quarantine champ yeah, he was in he was in house arrest for two years. So if you want to know what what the country will look like in two years, yeah, watch, watch the, the opening Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, we'll all be Paul Rudd in the beginning of Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. <laughs> um. So as you said, you've been watching Picard. 
Um, yes. Last last week I sent you a list of Star Trek Next Generation episodes that will supplement Picard, and uh, Elliot Serrano helped me out on it in last week's episode. We we spent the the end of the episode going like, what should we tell Stephen to watch? Okay, we talked all about Picard, but I know you're not that big a Star Trek guy. Now, how much have you seen? Um, I, well, I, I've seen the J.J. Abrams movies. I saw the movie with the whales in space mm-hmm. and uh, Wrath of Khan. Okay. And then I've seen, you know, bits and pieces of like the original show and then bits of pieces of, I think, probably like Next Generation. And then um, if if Next Generation is a show that Whoopi Goldberg was on, then that's the only it is yeah modern Star Trek show i've seen so this is hard okay so this i really wanted to talk to you about and originally we were going to set up like a a zoom kind of group meeting and have all three of us on it but then you told me you haven't finished it and uh ellie and i did a fantastic job of uh spoiling the entire ending of it and i'm glad i haven't i wasn't a part of that because i'm i am enjoying the show i think um I don't know that I love it. I think I really like uh, Patrick Stewart. So um, just kind of watching him play this like character is really interesting. Um, but I'm on episode, I think I just finished episode six. Okay. Yeah. It, so there's, um, there's 10. So you're getting close to it, but I did want to get your perspective because everyone I've talked to about Picard has is a big next gen fan and there's a lot of people that don't like it because it's not enough like next gen right um but i really wanted to get your opinion being a non-trekkie watching this sequel show yeah it's i i think i know enough about what star trek is supposed to be because of just like the new movies they put out Mm -hmm. um so it's like i get it you know i understand what star trek is um, but I think there, it is a little confusing, um, but I think they're doing a pretty good job of kind of catching you up as you go along. Uh, I think the problem I run into is, uh, not knowing who are new characters for this show specifically, and then who are characters from like previous shows that they've brought in. So like, for instance, at first he goes to that like girl in the desert. Um, I think it's like episode two or three. And she hates him and she's got like a kid and this whole like subplot. Uh, That character is a new character for this show. Yeah, they do a lot of um, which is what like Force Awakens did was acknowledging how much time has passed since these characters were last on screen and showing that like all this stuff happened that we never saw off screen. No, she's a new character. In fact, she was on Ash versus Evil Dead before this. Which was the last okay. thing I, I saw her in. But basically, the rule of thumb is anyone younger than Patrick Stewart is a new character. Right. Yeah. Well, then it's but then that character Seven of Nine shows up with the Borg part. Right. And it's like I knew she was a previous character from the show because I'd seen like pictures of her or episodes maybe with her in it. Um, yeah. She was then, the most popular thing in Voyager. People argue that she kept that show on the air. Right. I remember at the time when they introduced her, I was not a fan of Voyager. I, I watched like the first two seasons, then I was like, I've had enough of this. And when they introduced her, I was like, I was like, wow, they're desperate. Where they obviously had a pitch meeting. They're like, what do nerds like? Nerds like Borg and nerds like tits. <laughs> right. 
So it's Can like, we, yeah, here's a. Let's just get out Borg with big boobs and put her out there. I do love that. I mean, Jerry Ryan still looks fantastic, but they don't cheesecake her up in any way in this. She's like, she's like Sarah Connor in this show. Yeah, she definitely seemed had to have like a Sarah Connor vibe. I would say absolutely. Um. But so, but now I think it's like what it has done is I'll finish this show first before I kind of go back and start jumping around. But right. I talked to my buddy Ken, who's a big um, Next Generation fan, and he did the same thing you did. I, you know, I said, hey, if you've got any episodes that you think are like essential viewing, you know, I'm going to dive into that after I kind of wrap up Picard. So he sent me a list. I'll combine with yours and Elliot's list, and then I'll mm-hmm. probably watch. I probably won't be able to get through all of Next Generation. I mean, we'll see where we are in six months. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You might not have anything else to do. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but and I the think other initially... Thing, you and I discussed this where you were like, I don't think I'll have time to watch all this because I'm going to drop CBS. I'm like, oh, no, Star Trek's on everything. Right, well, that was the big thing was that I thought CBS had all of Star Trek, but then I've heard it's on Netflix now, which I've got, so... Um, yeah, they do. They do have all of Star Trek and they have the exclusive rights to the new shows, although Discovery's popped up on iTunes. So you could buy that if you want. But that doesn't mean that they pulled the Star Trek shows from anywhere else. So you can like the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, which is really, really good. A Voyager. You can find those on uh, Amazon Prime and Hulu and Netflix and CBS like they're they're everywhere. Right. So I think because I was concerned, I've got the month free for CBS, I guess. Um, So I want to try to watch it before that expires, because I'm certainly not going to pay for this. And then uh, and then I'll transfer to like, um, um, you know, Netflix. But then like the movies, I might have to try to track down somehow because I do want to see like First Contact. First Contact great. Part where uh, Picard gets to like the Borg cube. And it's like they do a really good job of like showing that this poor guy is like traumatized from his experience with the Borg. So it's like you kind of want to see what all that's about. Yeah. And in fact, um, they, they use footage from First Contact in that when he has like those quick flashbacks. Yeah. A lot and of those really shots cool. are in First Contact. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd say I'm digging it. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I'm like a convert or whatever. Right. I don't think I care about star trek in like the broader sense uh i do really like patrick stewart so i'm not going to go back to watch like the classic stuff um but like next generation i think i'd be interested in like checking out um it'd be nice to see a show about um a positive spin on what the future (laughs) of humanity can look like yes you know (laughs) yeah well i've been saying i've been i've been binge watching next generation for since Picard started, like after I saw the first episode, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to watch some Next Generation. And then all of this stuff happened right. on top of it. But I realized Next Generation is the most soothing show that I ever watch because it's like they all work together. They don't fight the like the there's all pastels and comfortable chairs around yeah. They they can kind of like lean back. A problem happens and they all think about it. Then they go into another room and they talk about it. Then they agree what to do. It That usually works. Nobody yeah. argues. And they're in their pajamas the entire time. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's like all uh, definitely good stuff. I was at um, a point where I would put on the VR goggles, go to Netflix, 
and zoom the screen as big as I could. Right. <laughs> so I, I could be on the Enterprise, and then I I'm realized too. Yeah. Then then I thought if if they go uh, if there's an episode where they go into the holodeck and I'm wearing the VR goggles, that would be some kind of Inception spiral. I would never come back out. Yeah. It's like a virtual reality inside a virtual reality. Yeah, that's like that Rick and Morty episode did it with the um oh, oh the with guy uh, that, David Cross. David Cross, yeah. <laughs> he was like, You're in a simulation inside a simulation. Yeah. Uh Rick and Morty just announced when they're coming back. Um what was the date on that? I do want to check that out. May. Um, oh, but then, so Rick and Morty, what is that uh, platform that it's on? Oh, uh, that'll be Cartoon Network. Mm. So, um, and then eventually I think Hulu gets them. That oh, would be, okay. That'll be a good thing to check because this season so far was four episodes five months ago. Right. Yeah, so, it's crazy. Yeah, I ended up buying them on iTunes. They had a good sale. Um, I still buy I, – I'm starting to think I'm a Luddite for buying stuff on iTunes. Like, because of Picard, iTunes had this huge sale on all the Star Trek shows. And I have I have all the movies, I have the original series, and I have The Next Generation. And then I was like, oh, well, let me get another one. And Enterprise was shot in HD, so it doesn't need to be remastered. Voyager and Deep Space Nine don't look great because they haven't paid to remaster those because they didn't think uh, – they're not as popular as the original series or Next Gen, so they didn't want to spend the money to upgrade them. And I was like, well, sure. Enterprise is already HD. It was only four seasons, so it was cheaper. I was like, yeah, I'll just get that. And then I got that. And when I go on Apple TV, like I said, Star Trek is on everything. And I'm like, I'm like, show me Enterprise. And they're like, all right, we'll show it to you from Netflix. I'm like, no, but I bought it. They were like, okay, we'll show it to you from CBS. I'm like, but I bought it. Right. <laughs> so I literally. You've like, got a backup made- of a backup. Yeah, there may come a day where they're pulled off everything and I'm not subscribing to CBS that I can't hear. But right now, I literally just threw my money away. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I, that's like my always concern about like uh, whether or not to get like an omnibus or collected edition of something. I'm like, yeah, but what if we don't have the Internet in the future? <laughs> you know, it's like I want to have a hard copy of all this. Can stuff. you imagine what this what life would be like without the Internet? Oh, I mean, like pandemonium. I think it's like uh, I understand that we uh, survived the pandemic, many pandemics in the past. I think the Internet, the problem with the Internet is like once we have it, you cannot take it away. I think it's like uh, if we never it's a Pandora's box. Yeah, it's a genie out of the bottle. Yeah, it is. Once it's like uh, if we never had it, people would be fine. You know, we'd be all talking on the phone or sending letters or whatever. I think since we've had it, it's like if you take the internet away, people are going to start eating each other. You know, it's like <laughs> we'll very, very quickly devolve into monkeys. Yeah, I worry about people that don't have enough bandwidth. Yeah, I actually – so uh, one of the things I started a couple days ago, I set up with Dave, uh, who's been on the show before, and then Jose – who's a friend of ours that moved to, he's in, I think, Vancouver now. He's in Canada somewhere. And uh, they set up Steam, which is like a gaming platform. And I guess there's some kind of like tabletop simulator in Steam where you can actually play hero clicks online. So uh, we've been setting up and attempting to set up games because it's like we obviously aren't meeting in person to do that. Um, and then Jose has been in Canada this whole time. I don't know why we didn't do this like years ago when this poor guy moved up there. <laughs> but um, 
that's something I'm kind of interested to uh, tool around with in this, you know, uh, the, the waking hours here is, now, um, you, is like, how would you do that with gaming? Would that be, are the Heroclix digital or you guys just have webcams and you're like, here's my Heroclix? No. Yeah. I guess it's like, I'm not really sure how it's, um, who set this up, but apparently somebody took all the information for the characters and they're all online. So oh. all Heroclix figures up until like the newest set that was supposed to come out, but got pushed back. All the information for all the characters is online, so you can just basically build from. It's all digital. They have all the maps online. They have all the objects. You can roll the dice online. Um, you know, you can move the figures across the map, and it's just like the shared virtual space where everyone is seeing the same screen, but we can all interact with that screen. Um, probably not doing the greatest job explaining it. No, but, but can you choose? So you can basically choose any hero clicks that's ever been created, or do you need yeah, to verify yeah. that this is one that I bought? Nope. It's like the guy who created the system or put them puts it together. They're the dials. Uh, you could check them online on the like hmm. hero clicks website that shows like they're the same. All the values and everything on the dials are all correct. So, I mean, it, you, you essentially can just play the game online. It probably takes longer it's probably a bit clunky, but it's the these two guys have played a couple games and said all the bells and whistles are there that it that it works and it's actually pretty cool. Wow. And here I am trying to build an enterprise out of nineties figures. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to each their own. <laughs> yeah. Uh so um well, is there anything you're watching besides Picard? Um, not yet. Um, I, I try to only watch like one show at a time just so I don't get my narratives all mixed up or forget what I'm watching or where I'm watching. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a mess with that right now. Yeah. Cause you're all kind of all over the place. I well, did we're watching, watch, uh, Cosmos. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Cosmos came out, I think on like March, I don't know, 6th or 8th or 10th or something around here. Um, I really love that show. So a couple of those episodes have popped up online. I've watched, um, and then I watched like the second Jumanji movie, <laughs> you know, the new one that, that came out. It's pretty good. I mean, it's okay. they're fine. They're not masterpieces of cinema, but it's I don't like, know that uh, I've ever seen the entire Robin Williams Jumanji, and I've certainly oh, never. A, I I have not seen the last one, but I'm like, okay, these yeah. things exist. Well, People seem okay with so it. So there's there's three now because they did two with like the rock, rock right. and chris hart and in the newest one danny devito plays the rock and um donald or danny glover plays kevin hart like i'm yeah i'm fine with that yeah it's great <laughs> so um i really uh i thought it was hilarious yeah i don't um, think i've i don't think i've seen any movies lately but right now we finished picard and then I've been I've been doing all of D Space Nine because D Space Nine is um, the one show. If you go deep, if you go deep into Star Trek, like you know, if it's nine months later and we can't right. leave the house, you might as well go deep into Star Trek. Might as well. <laughs> D Space Nine is is the first binge worthy show where the story there's a lot more continuity and the storyline continues and it builds and builds and builds. So by the last few seasons you cannot miss an episode you just go straight to the end and i'm like yeah. all right i did this i did not do it when it was on because uh deep space nine was not as popular as next gen so they moved it around a lot so i would miss like half a season here and half a season there because they put it on a night that i didn't watch it 
And about, oh, I guess uh, 15 years ago when Netflix was still mailing DVDs, I said, yeah, I'm going to do Sea Space Nine from beginning to end. And there were a lot of episodes I never saw. Now I'm like, I have the time. I'll just do the whole thing straight through on Netflix. So I'm watching that. Um, we're watching Better Call Saul every week. That's, I think, the one show that's airing that we're watching. Oh, that's uh, like new episodes, you mean? Yeah, they're show. Yeah, they're in the middle of season five now, and it's been oh. great. Um, I still recommend that if you finish Breaking Bad, it's absolutely worth it. And then uh, Ben and I are doing both. We're in the last season of Frasier, and we're in like season five of Curb Your Enthusiasm, so we're juggling those. And then we decided the last season of Shit's Creek is coming on. It's only in Canada, mm-hmm. but I've seen all of it on Netflix, and no one else in my family's seen it. So I'm like, okay, that's a show where my wife and Ben and I will all watch together. So I'm like, I got like five or six shows going on right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah my I, brother uh, Dave, he loves Shit's Creek. Him and Tina. Uh, so yes, if you guys I find want- that um, any. Yes, any LGBTQ millennials love Shit's Creek. Yes, absolutely. That I think is, my sister hates it, but she might hate it because Tina and David quote it constantly. Yeah, I totally can see that. It was one of those where I watched the first couple for Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy because I was I'm huge yeah. fans of like the Christopher Guest movies they made and um, uh, SCTV and and I got in a couple of episodes and it was like it was very Green Acres like because in the first season they're spoiled rich people. And right. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I can't get into this. And then about a, um, I guess a couple of years later was in season three and, uh, every gay millennial I knew, um, Seth, who was on the show to talk about into the spider verse was yes. raving about it. Like everyone who's very fabulous, uh, certainly anyone that would not mind me calling them a gay millennial. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> is like, digging this show. Just Absolutely. loves the show. And I think because it's one of the most positive portrayals of gay millennials I've ever seen. Um, right. And, but it is really it's it's really good in that way where it's it's easy to watch. It's like um, you don't have to pay close, close attention because something like The Good Place or What We Do in the Shadows is amazing. But you kind of need to be there and not get distracted with it. Shit's right. Creek is is kind of an old school sitcom where it's like, oh, I went up to go to the bathroom and got myself something. What is happening? Oh yeah, they're going to go plan a dinner. You know, you right. don't, you you're not like going back and it's not like a Thirty Rock where you're like, I missed that joke. What did they say? Right. It's a it's like a background show almost. Yeah, but it's a good background show. It's the kind of thing where if you were still running the shop, you probably would have flown through the whole thing by now. Yeah, the uh, yeah, it's one of those shows when I, I you know, uh, I saw bits and pieces of it here and there, and I like it. Uh, it's just not a show I've sat down like through the beginning and like watched all the way through. Um, but everything I've seen, I've liked. Yeah, it's a good one. Like if you're you're sitting around looking for something to leave on, uh, are the roommates still doing Agents of Shield, or did they catch up? Uh, well, Lainey wasn't watching. Jordan was I don't know if she's seen the newest season um they got really into like Downton Abbey and like these kind of like highbrow like really smart people shows okay (laughs) so they were like watching all those shows um but uh I don't think I don't think Jordan's seen the most recent Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. because that that show is gonna end right yeah has it 
I think they're going into the final season, but now with everything paused, maybe maybe they haven't shot it. The last I saw was Ghost Rider, and I guess that was maybe season five, but I just couldn't do it anymore. It It's not that it's a bad show, but it was like it was a little boring, and then once they picked the Ghost Rider that drove a car, I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's even cheaper to get a motorcycle for your shoot than a car. And, right. and I, I just like it was one of those where they took a break and I didn't come back. You know, um, there's a few shows like that. Yeah. I never like all the Star Wars shows besides Mandalorian. I haven't finished like I was really going through Rebels and then something happened where like five streaming shows happened at once. And then I was like, OK, I'll I'll stop watching Rebels and I'll watch these. And I never came back. And I think Agents of Shield kind of fell into that trap. Yeah, I think there's something where it's like uh, if I have to really be in a show to stick with it. So um, that's my concern with Next Generation is I've heard the first season's a bit slow. So it's, it's bad. Like, there's no, yeah, so I don't know that I'd be able to get through it. So I'm kind of for like a best of to and that's, work that's my way. And that's literally why Ken and Elliot and I are giving you lists because there's right. – there's I'm, I'm having this argument with my family all the time, both Ben and – my wife uh, loved to make fun of Next Gen, and I'm t- slowly wearing them down because I've been watching good episodes. And I'm like, see, this was a good one. And they're like, yeah, that one was good. But right, right. It's one of those shows <laughs> where it's like, what's that? Go through and watch kind of like the big hit episodes. Then once I get through those, I might want more. And then I'll go back and watch it from the beginning. But don't hold your breath, you know? Yeah, you got look at it like Avengers. Like, we're telling you the runs to read. Right. And then right. it's like, yeah, if you want to read the – and uh, actually, Avengers is probably a spurious example because you've read it all and I haven't. Yeah. Um, think of it like X-Men. Yes. <laughs> Right now, we're, right now we're saying, hey, read the Dark Phoenix Saga and Days of Future Past and Joss Whedon's Astonishing and Grant Morrison. And then you could be done. Right. And then if you get hooked, you'll be like, all right, here's all of Chris Claremont. Here's Stan Lee. Here's Roy Thomas. Here's here's some of the bad stuff. And that was speaking of X-Men. Did you hear they did announce Uncanny X-Men Volume 4 Omnibus? No, they did. I guess it got announced, but, uh, you know, who knows if it'll ever come out now. <laughs> but I guess that's they the, are still – that's the last one. That's the one I need. Yeah, because I believe – well, I'll look that up and I'll post it on our Facebook page. I did not hear that. That should be – if they've included everything I think they will, that should go right up to the Mutant Massacre Omnibus, which they've already released. Right. That's why I think this will kind of be like the last piece in place, and then you can continue kind of all the way up until um, – there I are think some. Eden is a full run almost. Now, there's a couple of omnibuses they don't have that they have like big complete collections. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's Road to Onslaught, which is like three of those complete collections that could be an omnibus, but it's a bunch of issues that's never been an omnibus. And then there was like um, the stuff afterwards that's real bad. Like, um, there's one called Onslaught Aftermath. There's like Trial of Magneto. Like some of the later Matarira stuff. And then they, and then when they started changing creative teams a lot, like the late '90s is all collected in trade, but not in omnibus. Yeah. So if you're going to be a stickler, right? Because as we said, like before all this happened, I got some bad X-Men omnibuses. Yeah, you really did. 
Platt, if you fill those in, I do have the trades of that stuff. So I have a complete run, I guess, till uh, Joss Whedon. Um, if you consider jumping the series, because I have the Grant Morrison new X-Men, I will not buy the Uncannies that ran at that time. Like the Chuck Austin Uncannies. No, yeah, I think it. it's uh, the people are going to remember. Yeah. No, but now I'm, I'll pre-order that volume four. Yeah, it's out there, allegedly. Yeah. So you don't have any plans for a crazy project yet? Uh, nothing yet. I'll keep you posted. I think uh, I'm just trying to stay on top of like my regular living situation is, uh, you know, yeah, as, as, as I've been managing so far. Yeah, we cannot have more than two people in the same room anymore in this house. If Oh, yeah, yeah. I imagine it's like uh, there's only three of us here. Um, yeah, Harmon's and smaller than a house, but still. Yeah, it's I like, mean, I uh, have a. <laughs> I have a decent size amount of rooms, but literally, if a third per, if a third person enters a room, the fourth person has to come in and go, "What's going on? Everybody, stop fighting!" Right? Yeah, <laughs> everyone's being cooped up for too long. Yeah, so I keep thinking this would be perfect if there were less people. Yeah, when well, there might be, you know, by the end of this. <laughs> so far, six thousand. On that right. note, yeah. let's just <laughs> cheery, open cheery it. Note. Yeah, let's open and close every podcast with a death toll. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It is kind of it is kind of nice to have a break, um, a spending break. Um, we have so much content right now. Like you're saying, like should you start Star Trek? Should you read right? Like all it's these X Men. Kind of look into this stuff. I will tell you, uh, I did read. Um, I'm really digging it. I'm maybe halfway through. Uh, John Byrne wrote and John Romita drew Iron Iron Man Armor Wars 2. Oh, yeah, those are fun. John Romita Jr. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Romita Jr. drew it. And it's like, this might be some of my favorite. I think uh, John Romita Jr. might be my most preferred Iron Man artist. I'm <laughs> loving <laughs> this guy's art on Iron Man. Yeah, it's fun. There's an epic collection of it. I bought that. Uh, yeah. And it, it's fun. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not grounded in any way. Like, if you want to read The Great Iron Man Runs, I would say, before you read that one, read Matt Fraction and Salvador La Roca. Uh, definitely read the David Michelinie, Bob Layton, which is early John Romita Jr. Right. Um, but that run, and I, and their second run, too, with Mark Bright, with, with which has the first Armor Wars. I love all that stuff. But I was surprised how much I liked the John Romita Jr., John Byrne stuff. Yeah, it's uh, I've only got the Armor Wars trade, so I think there's more stuff in that run that's not in this like trade. Um, but the John Romita Jr. art uh, is like killing it. I'm loving it. Yeah, I think Paul Ryan takes over. I think John Byrne might still be writing at that point because I think mm -hmm. like the the Fin Fang that whole crazy story where it's like, oh, Mandarin's rings were actually created by Fin Fang Foom, who's an yeah. alien. I think all that stuff is uh, Paul Ryan. Yeah, so they're building up to it now in the run where that's like a subplot. It's like Iron Man's running around fighting like the living laser or something. And yeah, then like that's a great the Mandarin's kind of um, talking with like Fin Fang Foom in like a mountain or something. Yeah, Romita, Romita Jr. will be gone by then. It's That's still a fun story if you don't think about it too hard. Yeah, and that – then, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, the – I'm not looking for groundbreaking Iron Man stuff. I'm just looking for John Romita Jr. to drop both of armor, punching guys made out of lasers. Yeah. 
And Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan's fun. Paul Ryan tend, tended to draw books that nobody was looking at at the time. Like he did Iron Man. He did Fantastic Four in the 90s when Tom DeFalco was writing. He did a bunch of Mark Wade's Flash. But he followed like I think he followed like Micro Wingo, <laughs> like right, yeah, it's a and, hard like, guy. Uh, and Umberto Ramos was drawing like Impulse at the time, but like he's he's a solid storyteller. Like yeah, you're not, I've uh, you're not gonna be offended by his art. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's it works. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, we did an hour. Look at that. <laughs> Yeah, we made um, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not cutting these things up into segments. It's now that we're doing Skype, it's harder to edit. Uh, so yeah, I met. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep going. I am starting. I am lining up guests because I'm just as I'm checking in with people, uh, especially friends of ours who have been on the show who are single and live in apartments. <laughs> I'm like, right. hey, do you want to yes. talk to a human for an hour and record it? So um, it's good to think. Checking in with people, you know? Yeah, I might just change the name of this to Caffeinated Checking In With People. Yeah. <laughs> as you said, comics may no longer be a thing. They might not. We've spent well, a lot of... Comics and Untitled was kind of like, uh, you were a stand-up comic, you know? We tell jokes. Oh, I never like... thought of it that way. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like a double alliteration type thing. Yeah, that, yeah that's um, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That... I'll ask um, Tina, Lisa, and David aren't ever doing anything anymore, so I'll ask them. Well, you know what? Let's try to do – let's try to do a group Zoom. We haven't tried that yet. Everything's been one-on-one, but let's see if we can do like a group Skype and record that. It would be fun to get a lot of people on and do an episode that way. But but Stephen, how can we find you when you're not talking to me and and no one can come to your apartment? I can be found online, as all things are. Uh, at the Brave Butter Pecan on Instagram, and you can follow me at Not on My Book on Instagram and Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also go to our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Caffeinated Comics, for all the news that might actually happen. And to keep in touch with the show, we're not going to miss an episode while we continue. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Stitcher, on Spotify. Or on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, depending on how you've updated your Apple OS. And you can go directly to Radio Misfits. We are proud members of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Just go to RadioMisfits.com and there we are in the Lifestyle tab. We will talk to you next week.